electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the keynote by CNBC Events. I'm Tyler Matheson. On this podcast, we bring you in-depth, candid conversations with CEOs, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders recorded at CNBC's live events. The COVID-19 pandemic and its impact on the economy has prompted many Americans to rethink their previously planned Social Security claiming strategies or even put off retirement in order to meet immediate income needs. So today, we'll hear from Mary Beth Franklin, a financial journalist who has earned the nickname The Benefits Guru because she's one of the country's leading experts on Social Security. She joined us at CNBC's Financial Advisor Summit on October 20th, 2020, with insights on maximizing benefits, rethinking retirement, and the unknown future of Social Security. She spoke with me and my colleague CNBC Digital Money Editor Jim Pavia, and here is our conversation. Mary Beth, let me begin and, and ask you how the pandemic has changed the kinds of questions you're being asked about when people should start taking benefits uh, and, and what you're telling them to do or not do. Well, certainly COVID has changed all our lives in so many ways. And over the last several years, there's been this growing appreciation of the value of waiting to claim your Social Security benefits until they're worth more, up until age 70, when they're worth the maximum amount. Well, that was great in theory, but what happens if you just lost your job? Some people are starting to think, well, I need the money now. If you need the money now, and you're at least 62, meaning you're eligible for Social Security, it may be a viable strategy for you. But you do need to be aware of the consequences. What happens if you're married? And this could potentially create a smaller survivor benefit for the remaining spouse. And what happens if you've been working um, and you're under full retirement age? There are consequences to claiming Social Security benefits if you have earned income. So take me through a couple of those things. What if I have been working and I have earned income and I suddenly lose my job and I'm age 63 and I think, you know, I need income now to pay for groceries and, and, and mortgage, uh, housing and gasoline and so forth. How do I navigate this? Great question. Well, let's start. You're 63 years old and let's say you've worked halfway through 2020. Normally, if you claim Social Security benefits before full retirement age, which is 66 or later, depending on your birth year, and you've earned too much money, which this year is $18,240 a year, and you claim Social Security, there's something called earnings restrictions. You would lose a dollar in benefits for every $2 you earn over that limit. But the good news is for people in this pandemic situation, there's what I'd like to call an escape hatch to this earnings test. It's really designed for people who have worked partway through the year. They've already earned more than the earnings restriction, but they've decided to retire and claim Social Security benefits. As long as they have little or no earned income, that is from a job, for the rest of their year, 
they can still get full Social Security benefits even if they've earned more than the annual limit. So that's that's a good escape hatch for people who feel like they really do need to claim Social Security because they need the money now. So but so then what, how do you how do you how do you access that escape hatch? In other words, I've worked until July and I've earned let's say I've earned $40,000 uh, up until that point, and, and I, I either lose my job or I decide to retire and I s- decide to start drawing down my benefits. How, how, how does Social Security know how much I've earned that year? I guess they have access to my, what my paycheck has been. And how do they know that I'm not going to go back and have more earned income later in the year, for example? Well, the way it would work now, first of all, keep in mind that all of the Social Security field offices have been closed since mid-March due to the pandemic. So the only way for you to apply for your Social Security benefits is online at the Social Security website, which is SSA.gov. Frankly, I encourage everybody who is able to do with this, do it online because it's a very simple situation. They are going to recognize when you input your information, your earnings history, your birth year, your marital status, and they will ask you whether you plan to keep working if you're under full retirement age. If you say no, no Mm. problem, you will get your full benefits. Now, there is a bit of a let's check the records later. If for some reason you continue Uh to work and down the road when Social Security and IRS confer, they say, oh, look, Um, we gave you too much money. We'd like that all back right now in a lump sum. There are people who tell Social Security they're not planning to work and in fact do, and then they have to repay that money later. And these earnings restrictions are in effect every single year that you are under full retirement age. In the year you reach your full retirement age, there's a much higher earnings limit up to the month before your full retirement age birthday. And once you reach your full retirement age, the earnings tests go away, meaning you could collect Social Security benefits, earn as much as you like with no loss of benefits. That's interesting. So that that kicks in in the month before you turn 66, did you say? Correct. Once you reach your full retirement age, which if you're born through 1954 Mm -hmm. is 66. Starting next year, people who reach full retirement age, it's 66 in two months and will keep going up until it reaches 67 for people born in 1960 or later. Jim Pavia, I know you want to jump in with a couple of questions. The floor is yours. We've got a lot of advisors in the audience today, and the Social Security distribution uh, has been called anything from complex to convoluted. Um, So what would you tell advisors out there? um, What do they need to do to be able to relay this information in plain English and really decipher through? It's a scary situation. Because there's a lot of folks, as we talked about at the top of this um, session, that are, are saying, you know what, I can't wait until full uh, uh, retirement age. I'm taking it now. I'm taking it at 62, losing that 8% increase every year for seven years, which is incredible. Um, so what's an advisor to do? How, how do they, what is the game plan to work with a client that is panicked at this point? 
Well, I think advisors need to sit down with those clients and say, let's go over your re entire retirement income plan. Social Security is a very important piece, but it's only a piece. And in this zero interest rate environment that we're living in right now, the value of delaying benefits and getting 8% per year for every year you postpone your benefits between your full retirement age and 70 is huge. But frankly, you know, it's a bit like the lottery. You must be present to win. I tell people you have to be healthy enough and wealthy enough to delay. Healthy enough is you got to be around to uh, collect that benefit at 70 plus and wealthy enough. What do I do for money in between for all those baby boomers who had planned to keep working? Problem solved. But now the pandemic hits and maybe I've lost my job or maybe I'm worried about my health and I'm afraid to return to work that I might want to claim Social Security benefits now. Okay, if that works in your plan, that may be the right solution for you. But keep in mind, your benefits will be permanently reduced if you claim before your full retirement age. Let's say your full retirement age is 66, you claim it's 62, you're getting a 25% haircut for the rest of your life. And if you're married, and you die right. first, now your widow is going to get a smaller survivor benefit because you claimed your benefit early. So you need to look at this, particularly for married couples, as a household decision. Normally, uh, I advise married couples where, say, each spouse has their own earnings history and consequently their own uh, retirement benefit, it makes sense to hedge your bets. Have one spouse, preferably the one with the bigger Social Security benefit, wait up until age 70 to create the largest possible retirement benefit for that spouse while both of them are still alive. And if that spouse, who is often the man and who often dies first, that will also create the largest possible survivor benefit. And the way it works is when one spouse dies, the remaining spouse gets the bigger of the two benefits, not both, but they get either the survivor benefit if it's bigger than their own, and then their smaller retirement benefit goes away. Now, this is tough for, I just spoke to a couple today where the wife had really no earnings history of her own. Her only benefit would be as a spouse, a spousal benefit is worth up to 50% of the worker's benefit. But under current law, she can't get a spousal benefit until her husband, the worker, claims his. So in this case, I told them it probably does not make sense for the husband to wait until 70 because then the wife was going to have to wait that long as well. From a cash flow standpoint, that couple would have been better off to have the husband claim benefits at his full retirement age and then the wife to claim her benefit as a spouse. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Well, 
Let me bring in a question from uh, one of our participants. And Colleen, it goes back to that, that earnings limit question that, that uh, I was tiresomely asking about. But, but obviously people want to know, is the earnings limit based on individual earnings or does it include income from a spouse? In other words, is it your individual money or is it household money? Colleen, that's a great question. When it comes to the Social Security earnings test, that is an individual. Even if you're married, it's not based on household income compared to, for example, you're getting Social Security benefits and they're taxable. That's going to be based on your household income. Let me ask you another one from the from the audience here. Uh, and it's a little bit astray from Social Security, but, I, but I'm sure you know the answer. Do you anticipate that any of the current 2020-year retirement options exclusions will continue in 2021? In other words, clients not being required to take their required mandatory distribution uh, of, from, from IRAs, et, et cetera, in 2021. What do you say? Well, I think we're so far into 2020, I think we're solid for 2020. For example, no required minimum distributions required in 2020. That's the way the CARES Act is written. We don't know what's going to happen to 2021. This election is going to throw all sorts of questions up in the air. And frankly, anyone who tells you that they know what their crystal ball is going to say, I think it looks like a snow globe (laughs) at this point. It's anybody's guess. So I have a question from the audience, but it actually can segue into a question that I had. The uh, cost of living adjustment for 2021 has been put through at 1.3%, which comes out to about 20 bucks a pay, uh, a check for a retiree in 2021. Uh, several Democrats have uh, put together a bill that one of my reporters wrote about yesterday to push that to a 3 point, uh, 3% increase from one3 um, where do you think that's going to go? Do you have any idea if that's even going to be, you know, looked at? Again, we're two weeks away from an election. Uh, this late in the congressional session, highly unusual, something like that would get through. Now, depending on who wins and there's a lame duck session, anything's possible. But as an old political reporter who did this for a decade during the 80s for United Press International, Not a lot's going to happen on a lame duck session. And when this Congress ends in December, when the new Congress starts in January, all the old bills that were not passed die and they have to be reintroduced in the new Congress. So it might not happen now, but depending on who controls the Senate and who controls the White House, you may see this reintroduced in January. And depending where the politics lie, it may have a chance. We could try to explain what it feels like to get your work done on a John Deere. The way a Z-Track mower finishes in half the time you thought it would. Or how much easier it is to move mountains of soil with a 1 Series tractor. We could even go into detail about how it feels to tow up to 4,000 pounds behind a Gator XUV. But if you really want to know what it's like to run with us, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. 
That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. I had a question for you about clients worried about Social Security going broke. You know, we've seen all these stories about it drying out by 2034 and, you know, as early as 2030. Um, what's your feeling about that with the trust fund? Is, is the money going to be around? Well, right now, we've always known or known for quite a while that the trust funds, which are basically the excess money that has been collected from FICA taxes and held in reserve, at one point when the FICA taxes are no longer enough to pay all the promised benefits, then we start drawing down the trust funds, as we've been doing since 2010, to pay the excess. The trust funds are supposed to run dry, according to the official Social Security Trust Fund report, the combined trust fund around 2035. More recently, the Congressional Budget Office is placing that date closer to 2031. Why? It's the result of the pandemic. When you have 30 million plus people out of work, they're not paying FICA taxes. Payroll taxes are contributed by employees and matched by their employers. So this economic recession is having a real um, impact on that Social Security trust fund. So yes, it's likely to run dry sooner. That does not mean Social Security is going bankrupt. If the trust funds run dry, there would still be enough money coming in from FICA taxes to pay roughly 75% of promised benefits. Now, frankly, no one is going to be satisfied with 75% of promised benefits. Social Security is the most popular and the most successful federal program in history, and Congress knows that. And they will step in to fix this. Now, how soon? Could be 2034, could be 20, whenever it runs dry. Just like back in the early 80s, Social Security was in danger of not paying checks. Congress stepped in, made some changes, which generally have um, changes on the benefit side. They ultimately raised the full retirement age. Um, they taxed benefits for the first time, brought money in. There are various changes that you can do on the benefits and the revenue side to make this whole. The key is the sooner you do it, the easier it is for Americans to adjust. And Congress has never taken away benefits from existing retirees or those close to retirement. How do you define that? 60 plus, 55 plus, 50 plus, who knows? I think younger clients should be aware that their benefits will likely change than what's currently on their estimated benefit statements. For older, close to and in retirement, I think those clients can be pretty confident their benefits will continue as is. Yeah, I, I, I th I, I'm old enough to remember that 19, I think it was 1984, Social Security panel. I think Alan Greenspan was, I can't remember, Moynihan, I can't remember who all was on it. But, but it, it was close to the brink then. We may get back to a similar situation. You just described several of the tricks and little twists and fiddles that, that Congress could do to help extend the solvency of the, of the trust fund. But in the end, isn't there just no way 
that you continue to have the same level of benefits, the same payouts, without somehow raising uh, the the uh, the payroll tax, not giving people tax holidays from it, but raising it either by raising the rate uh, or by uh, raising the limit uh, of income that is covered by it. Well, it's such an interesting point you brought up. And yes, you're right. Back in 1983, it was Alan Greenspan, long before he was chairman of the Federal Reserve Board, chaired the bipartisan uh, commission on Social Security. And one of the things they said back then was as long as at least 90% of U.S. wages are covered for FICA tax purposes, Social Security is good in perpetuity. We don't have to worry about this running out of money. And as you know, we pay FICA taxes up to a certain limit. This year in 2020, it's $137,700. People who pay make more than that do not pay FICA taxes on the excess to support Social Security. They pay a little piece of FICA to pay Medicare, but generally not Social Security. The problem is, since that commission nearly 40 years ago, the the wage gap, the disparity is so large between the haves and have-nots that so many people make so much more than that taxable wage base that right now only 83 percent of U.S. wages are being taxed for FICA purposes rather than 90 percent. If one of the proposals is to gradually let that taxable wage base float up to 90 percent, it would be about Mm -hmm. $250,000 a year. But that would go a very long way to uh, shore up the Social Security Fund. Uh, Presidential candidate Joe Biden has talked about uh, creating a special FICA tax for people earning 400000 plus, that there would be a gap, a Correct. donut hole between people under the current taxable wage base mm. up to, to 400000 plus. So there's all sorts of things to, to um, make this work. The big issue becomes there has always been um, a link between an employee's contribution into the system and the benefits they get out later. That maximum taxable wage base not only sets how much you can be taxed, but it also creates the formula for how large your benefits will be. There are some proposals out there that would raise the taxable wage base to hit higher income workers, but would tinker with the benefits formula so those higher income workers would get very little back in the form of benefits. I think that could be a problem when it breaks this link. The, the political clout of Social Security is that nearly everybody pays into it and nearly everybody gets something out of it. If you break that link between right. taxes and benefits, you risk the chance of it becomes the welfare and then it loses its political clout. Well, that comes right to the question that uh, one of our participants, Howard, asks. Do you think Social Security benefits will one day be subject to a needs or a means test? I hope not, because it's it's not the essence of the program, the reason it was dissolved. Uh, it was created. It was created as an earned benefit by Franklin Delano Roosevelt. We are means tested to a certain extent, however, based on the taxation of benefits. Right now, mm -hmm. higher income retirees can be taxed on up to 85% of their benefits, but the thresholds for taxing those benefits are very low. 25,000 of income for singles, uh, 34,000 for married couples, 
Those are set in 1983 and were never indexed for inflation. I could foresee one change that maybe up to 100 percent of Social Security benefits might be taxed. But I think the threshold for taxation of those benefits would be set much higher. Right now, there's a bill on the Hill that would set it at uh, $50,000. All right. Dennis asks, if I die after waiting to age 70 to take Social Security, will my wife get my increased benefit or my original age 66 benefit? Dennis, great question. And that's one of the reasons I tell married couples to uh, split their claiming decision. If you wait until 70 and you die, then that creates the basis for your wife's survivor benefit. If she is at least full retirement age when she is widowed and claims that benefit, she will get 100% of what you were collecting at time of death or entitled to when you died if you hadn't collected yet. And at that point, her smaller retirement benefit would go away. So it's a great strategy for married couples to have one spouse wait as long as possible, create the biggest retirement benefit possible, which then likely will translate into the biggest survivor benefit possible. That was Mary Beth Franklin, benefits guru and social security expert, as you could surely tell. She spoke with me and CNBC Digital's Jim Pavia at the Financial Advisors Summit on October 20th, 2020. The keynote is produced by the CNBC events team. For more information about upcoming CNBC events and how you can join us, visit CNBCEvents.com. We'd love to see you. I'm Tyler Matheson. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.